Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, in 40 years of ministry, I've never preached the same text within the course of a couple of months, but I'm going to this morning. Text from Second Chronicles. Solomon was charged with the responsibility of building the temple around the Ark of the Covenant. God wouldn't let David do it because of, of David's mistakes, and so his son Saul, Solomon was to build the temple. So he built the temple. They have this huge dedication. When it's all over and done with, God comes and speaks to Solomon. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord, as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon. He said, I have heard your prayer and chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among, among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you faithfully follow me as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty. For I made this covenant with your father David when I said one of your descendants will always rule over Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me, disobey my decrees and commands, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot the people from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make it an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by it will be appalled. They will ask, why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be, because his people abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt, and they worshiped other gods instead of bowing down, instead and bowed down to them. This is why he has brought these disasters upon them. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So the temple dedication was a big deal. Tens of thousands, if not maybe more than a million, 
from all over the, the family of Jews came to Jerusalem. And they, they exercised this huge celebration. And in celebration, they, they slaughtered 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. And, and people fast, feasted and had a, a magnificent time. It was a wonderful celebration. Banners flying, all kinds of people from, from all over the place. And I can imagine there were even some of those GLM batters. Gentiles' lives matter. And MIGA, make Israel great again. They're all there. They're all celebrating. They're all dancing and eating to their fill. And some fights broke out. But that's what happens. They all came together, and once it was all over with, they all went home. Back to their lives. Solomon, apparently, was feeling quite full of himself. He was the king over all of this. This magnificent temple and this beautiful palace. The temple which became architecturally one of the seven wonders of the world. When it's all over, he went home. God spoke to him. And He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will heal their land. Whatever divisions exist, they'll be be evaporated. If they humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then the nation will be great. And despite the nation's greatness, I have promised that this dynasty will survive, whether or not through your immediate progeny, it will survive. And one will reign over Jerusalem forever of the house of David. So Solomon was perhaps guilty of hubris. Pride. He may have stood back and just privately, quietly said to himself, look what I did. Look at the temple, isn't it cool? And this house I get to live in. Wow. I never thought that I, but here I am, I did it. And so what happened? Well, as the as his reign continued on, the divisions hardened. And what we know as the northern kingdom divided from the southern kingdom during Solomon's reign. So the ten tribes to the north broke away. That was flyover country up there. They were not being represented. And Judah to the south. They became two nations rather than one, Israel to the north and Judah to the south. 
And they continued to fight, and one king after another. And, and as, the, as the reign of each king came and went, there was the statement in Scripture that they did not do right in the eyes of God. And finally, what happened was, of course, the northern tribes, the ten tribes of Israel to the north, they were dispersed, they were conquered. And then, and then the southern tribes were whooped by, by Babylon, the Babylonian armies, and carried off into exile. And the nation was a wreck, and the temple was destroyed. So God said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then. So we do, we have a quid pro quo. God says, if this nation wants to be a truly great nation, then they cannot exercise pride. They have to exercise humility. They must be empty of all those things that set themselves apart from others. Because this house was to be a house of prayer for all nations, not just for the Jews. The divisions were to come to an end. This image was picked up in this speech. And so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And so Martin Luther King made a declaration right there that for his people to be humble, they are to, if not relinquish their identity, subordinate, subordinate their identity to the, the calling of God. The color of skin doesn't matter. Ethnic origin doesn't matter. All of those things are to be subordinated under God. And now we have a time of where we are somehow defined by our cultural backgrounds, our ethnicity, our color of skin, our politics. We're divided. We're fighting. Jesus said, even family is to be subordinate to the relationship with God. So when he said, I came not to bring peace but a sword, what he was talking about was the necessary subordination of one's identity to Christ, 
other than to family. Now to say, well, I came over on the Mayflower, Jesus says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Apostle Paul picks this up and says, in Christ there is no Jew, no Greek, no male, no female, no slave, no free, we're all one in Christ. Those identities are to be subordinated under God. That's humility. That we subordinate our sense of self. Rich, poor, it doesn't matter. The politics of our time try to raise up these identities and divide us with them. Oh, you're privileged. Or you're a victim. You're privileged and therefore you owe other people something. You're a victim, therefore other people owe you something. That's the discourse of our time. And it's killing us. I think it was Eisenhower who, coming fresh off the Second World War, saw the magnificent bravery of those who were fighting black and white and red and yellow and green and every conceivable kind of person was out there on the, on the front lines And so he, under his discernment and discretion, inserted the terms under God into the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's talk now about taking it out. And what is it that we're under? If we're not under God, are, are we under some Human agency? What is a republic after all but a a gathering of people from different places and different walks of life and different backgrounds coming from every nation on the planet? Something like 70% of the world's population want to live here. But if we're not under God, what are we under? As has been said, when people don't believe in God, it's not that they believe in nothing. They believe in anything. What do we put in its place if we don't humble ourselves and pray and seek his face? I understand some of the wisdom of taking prayer out of schools, but I don't understand any wisdom at all in taking God out of the pledge We're taking God off of our currency. Even if that is all we have, at least we have that. It's a reminder that as a people, we are to be humble with one another. The Apostle Paul says, count others better than yourselves. And he spoke of Christ saying, he did not grasp his divine prerogative. 
He emptied himself of his divine prerogative and humbled himself and took the form of a servant. No pride. No such thing as pridefulness. The events of this week, well, you know all the labels, and they're so disturbing. But that is what we do now, is we label, label each other as a way of dehumanizing with our labels. We set them apart. And any act of dehumanization is one of the first steps in elimination of the other. So God says, if my people, you humble yourselves, pray, seek my face, then I will heal your land. It's so basic, it's so fundamental. We all grew up this way. If we didn't, we, we, we turned away from that kind of teaching and we came into the very simple truth that as, as children of God and as brothers and sisters to one another, our attitude is one of humility toward the other and therefore seeing the other in all the, the glory, the magnificence of one who's created in the image and likeness of God. When I was a kid, Thanksgiving, Dad always invited some kids from the Sherman Institute in Riverside, which was an Indian school. That's what they used to do. Kids would go off to Indian schools, and they'd learn how to kind of function off the reservation. And I, I asked him one, one year, I said, Dad, you do it because they're, they're Indians? He said, No. He said, I know what it's like to be away from home on Thanksgiving. I was in the Ardennes Forest in 1944. And I thought about those kids. I thought, heck, have them over. Play some basketball out back and we'll have dinner together. It's not about color of skin. Not about ethnic identity. It's not about cultural background. None of that matters. What matters is that we care for one another. Show compassion for one another. And these words. Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war might speedily pass away, Yet if God wills that it continue until all the wealth piled by the bondman's 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk and every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another's drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, so it shall be today. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether with malice toward none, with charity for all, 
with firmness in the right as God has given us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. To do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. And so Lincoln humbly acknowledges that there were bad people on both sides and that all must come together. All must humble themselves and pray and seek the Lord's face. As must we. You join me in prayer. Oh, Father, the vision of a nation in which children are growing up godless, the image of a nation that defines others out with labels, the image of a nation that would supplant your rule to the rule of mere human flesh. Lord God, may we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. Heal our land. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.